what you're going to get. And that was back in 1994, so that kind of dates some of us. It was a very good movie. And life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. This was something, according to Forrest, that his mama always said. And yet this is something that all of us know to be profoundly true. Life is unpredictable. And unlike chocolates, there is no way to remove the mystery, nor do we get to spit out the ones that we don't like. You know, y'all, there's a, a line from birth to death, much like that dash that falls between those two dates, that line is never straight, amen? Instead, our lives look like, you know, a maze full of twists and turns and ups and downs. And just when we think we're hitting our stride, just when we think things are going well, something happens and we find ourselves moving in a completely different direction. Sometimes the changes are good, and sometimes they are difficult. Sometimes they bring joy, and sometimes they bring pain. It involves an exchange of something we have for the something we now have, all right? Yes, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, that's for sure. Well, today is the first Sunday of July. Wow, we have reached midpoint of the year. I cannot remember a year in my life in which we have individually and collectively experienced such radical change in every way on every level for sure. The entire planet continues to face the pandemic called COVID-19. And as the tragedy, uh, those events of the past months continue to involve with that, so much pain has been brought to the surface. Also, the pain of racial injustice and oppression have been running beneath the surface of our culture for generations. And this 2020, after the murder of George Floyd, there have been protests for equality and justice all over the nation and all over the world. And we as a society are experiencing changes. Hallelujah. This past week, the last Confederate flag came down from the flag in Mississippi. We see that even the NFL could play a leading role in fighting racism as they are beginning to take seriously and reviewing changes of their team's name, names without racial references. And as Pastor Kelly reminded us in a recent letter of encouragement, in the month of June, we saw that even Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben were retired. Miss Buttersworth will be changed, and the black chef on the cream of wheat box will be gone. Wow. Talk about change. 
We are in a medical, economic, and social times of change. Massive shift reforms are taking place in companies and institutions and policies as never before. Many other changes have happened as well. Truly, we are in changing times. And we are in spiritual changing times as well. And we need to bring the weight of all of this, all of this change, we need to bring it to God and to ask God for wisdom and for clarity and for direction. Amen. All right, so as we begin today, let's, let's join our hearts in prayer and, and we'll continue on. Let us pray. Oh, dear Heavenly God, we ask that you would guide us by your precious Holy Spirit, that we might actively listen to the preaching of your precious word, to digest its meaning, and to understand its significance for our lives. Then, through the same power of your Holy Spirit, enable us to embody your word and to make it our own, to be stronger Christ followers than we ever were before. Oh God, we acknowledge that our desire should be to change into what you are calling us to be. And we just thank you, oh God. We desire to go further in you, Lord Jesus, and to be better today and the days to come, spiritually stronger in Christ than yesterday. Hallelujah. And we ask this, that our lives might reflect your saving grace poured out for us through the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's in his mighty name we all join together to say, Amen and Amen. Amen, saints. All right, it's time for a change, the threshing floor. As all of these painful events have been unfolding, I've been asking God, please, oh God, show us, show us your people, your church. Give us your wisdom, your clarity, speak your direction. What are you saying to us, oh God? What would you have happen, oh God? What would you have us as your people be and do? And as I have been reflecting just daily, daily, throughout the days, throughout the nights, and I was reflecting with others, and I was reflecting with a sister in Christ, and when I was reflecting with her, the Lord gave me a word about the process of the threshing floor. Now, the threshing floor is where wheat is threshed. There is a beating that takes place. There is a hammering away at the wheat to separate it from the chaff. The threshing floor is the place where you and I are tested, where we've had battles, where discouragement has come in against you to try to make you inoperative for the kingdom of God. So yes, there comes a time, saints, when we must lay upon the threshing floor. Amen. And we must allow God to separate us from the chaff in our life. Woo! So my point for us today 
on laying on the threshing floor is that there is a meeting of God at the threshing floor. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And there is a meeting of oneself at the threshing floor. Well, in scripture, there is a place that's called the threshing floor. And that's where the usable wheat it was separated from the unusable chaff. So back in those days, they didn't have machinery so that they could lay the sheets on the ground and, and a machine would just handle it. They had oxen and cattle. And they had that oxen and cattle just walk all over it. They just repeatedly just kept walking over the wheat. Amen. And they would break up the husk and the straw. The valuable part of, of the grain, it, that was used for bread and meal. And it would come loose from the chaff. And so the farmer could, could have a great harvest, you see. But, everybody say but. But, amen, if the farmer didn't separate the dysfunctional part of the plant from the functional, the farmer would never make a living. So even though the farmer had something very valuable, if it did not go through this process, it wouldn't do the farmer any good. Well, saints, today, we are experiencing so much change in our lives, so much change in our nation, so much change in the world. And so we are looking at the threshing floor today from a spiritual perspective. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for threshing floor is gorin, which translates made smooth. So let's think about when we go to the threshing floor, spiritually speaking. Well, have you ever felt that God was trying to make something smooth inside of you? Well, I can remember on a number of occasions, uh, one being at the end of my first year of college, I had no money to continue to go to school. I had just had a breakup in a relationship that I thought was going to last a lifetime. Both of my parents became ill. I was literally broken. I was truly on the threshing floor. And I smile, but sometimes I feel like the threshing floor is a daily thing for me. You know, daily I'm getting on the threshing floor. Well now, for the saints of the Old Testament, let's consider just how important the threshing floor was to them. So what happened there was vital to their existence and their survival. The threshing floor meant food. It meant survival. It meant life. What do we find at the threshing floor? Well, the Word of God tells us what we find at the threshing floor is security. Everybody say security. Security. We find rest. Say rest. Rest. And we find home. Say home. Home. Ruth chapter 3, verses 3 through 18 tells us that security, rest, home was what Ruth found 
at the threshing floor. You see, in her day, being widowed, being homeless, and without provision meant a very negative social stigma. But at the threshing floor, she found Boaz. She found her rescue. She found her redemption at the threshing floor. Amen. Everybody say, at the threshing floor. At the threshing floor. Chapters 6 and 7 of the book of Judges tells us that Gideon found at the threshing floor confirmation. Everybody say confirmation. Everybody say deliverance. Deliverance. Gideon found confirmation and deliverance at the threshing floor. In what appeared insurmountable odds, this man of faith, Gideon, led the Israelite army to fight and defeat the Midianites. And that victory was as a result of the threshing floor. Hallelujah. Amen. On the threshing floor. On the threshing floor, we also find obedience. Say obedience. And we find God's unwavering expectations. All right. God's unwavering expectations. That's what 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 6 tells us. And 1 Chronicles chapter 13 verse 9 tells us that that is what David found at the threshing floor. In the moving of the Ark of the Covenant, King David realized that God meant what God said. And he found that out on the threshing floor. On the threshing floor, we also find repentance. Say repentance. And we find costly worship. Costly worship. And we find prayer. First Chronicles chapter 21, verses 18 through 24 tells us that that is what David found when he went to the threshing floor. God gave David instructions. Amen. So repentance and, and a costly offering of worship followed after David went to the threshing floor. Repentance and costly worship followed. At the threshing floor also, 1 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1 tells us that this later became the place where David's son, King Solomon, would build the long-awaited temple. Hallelujah. At the threshing floor. You see, at the threshing floor, we also find victory and we find celebration. Hallelujah. And this is what Micah said in the book of Micah and what he prophesied to God's people. The word of the Lord promised them that after gathering their enemies at the threshing floor, they would go from exile to victory. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. You see, at the threshing floor, we also find cleansing. We find gathering. We find an outpouring. And this is what the New Testament writers prophesied in Matthew chapter 3 verse 12 and Luke chapter 3 verse 17. That the Messiah 
would bring cleansing and would gather. There would be an outpouring, hallelujah, of the Spirit. You see, Matthew 3.12 and Luke 3.17 tells us that Christ, Jesus Christ would become the substantiation for our sin. And that means in Christ we find atonement. In Christ we find deliverance. In Christ we find victory, saints. Hallelujah. And the New Testament writers tell us that Christ will gather us to himself. Amen. So it's in Christ that we experience security. It's in Christ that we experience rest. It's in Christ that we experience home. Hallelujah. And the New Testament writers prophesied that Christ would burn up all that is unnecessary. You see, costly worship is what God desires. Obedience is what God desires. And prayer is what God desires from us. That we might become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hallelujah! What a privilege, saints! But, everybody say but. But, first, we must go to the threshing floor as individuals, as families, as the family of God, the body of Jesus Christ. So, what happens at the threshing floor? Well, friends, at the threshing floor, you, I, we, we find the beautiful and we find the difficult. The beautiful and the difficult. And we also find home in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. But, everybody say but, but also we find a death. We find a death to the life-as-usual experience. That must die. The life-as-usual experience must die so that we can experience life as never before. As you and I see God at the threshing floor, God hears, and God responds, hallelujah. But the outcome requires obedience. Everybody say obedience. Obedience of God's unwavering expectations. We must be obedient to what it is God is asking of us. You see, at the threshing floor, we repent. And we lay down our lives. And this repentance and laying down of our lives says, this is not a one-time thing. Tell your neighbor, this is not a one-time thing. But this is a daily journey. And we were speaking of this in our Life Connect class this week. We have to wake up in the morning and die Die to self. Wake up and die. Amen. Die to self. And learn a life of obedience. Hallelujah. And it is not a life of cheap grace. Oh no. Not a life of cheap grace without the cross. And we praise your name, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice 
for your suffering, for your death, for your rising again, that we might have life. We say thank you, Lord Jesus. And you see, at the threshing floor, we are able to celebrate. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price for our freedom. We are no longer slaves. Hallelujah. We no longer have to live in exile. Praise be to God. So we celebrate. We celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. We celebrate being a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. And the Lord Jesus, he offers us victory through his blood. Amen. So we have victory. Receive the victory that is offered to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And saints, this brings us back to the difficult because we must go through the fire. We must go through the fire. Whew, I don't know about you, but in the midst of all that goes on in my life, in this ever-changing, whirlwind, crazy life around me, I'm sharing with you all today, I keep crawling to the altar. Amen. That's where I get my hope, my help, my strength, my healing, my peace, my joy. I continue to crawl to the altar, that threshing floor, hallelujah. Yes, you see, in our humanness, amen, it is so easy to forget the sacrificial and the costly, these things that we find. And, you know, when we remember the sacrificial and the costly, we truly find life, amen. Woo! And at the end of the threshing floor, we give in to the unnecessary things being beaten out of us. Hallelujah. That chaff. That chaff's got to go. Tell your neighbor, the chaff's got to go. The unnecessary's got to go. Amen. Only then can we begin to see ourselves as God sees us. Secure. Redeemed. Clean. Shiny, brightly, beautiful, mature, and smooth as stone. Hallelujah. You see, to reach our highest potential, friends, God will take us through the threshing floor. Amen. We start off like a stalk of wheat. The potential is there, yes, but we have seeds of greatness, yes. We're valuable, yes, but the problem is we all have some chat. Hallelujah, all of us. Along with the valuable grain, we may have some pride in there. We may have some selfishness in there. We may have some insecurities in there. And unless God took us and takes us through the threshing floor, we would never become what God ultimately created us to be. God has to separate the dysfunctional part of us, the part of us that's holding us back, from the part that is valuable. Thank you, Lord. Now, if the wheat could 
talk, friends. I'm sure that we would probably say, we don't want to go through that uh, threshing floor. I don't want animals walking all over me. That's uncomfortable. That's painful. Leave me alone. Leave us alone. But the farmer knows without separation, the grain would never be useful. Woo! Sometimes I know we be thinking, why am I stuck in this traffic again? Oh, we think, why won't this person give me some credit? We think, why did this friend walk away? And at the moment, we don't realize that we are on the threshing floor. We think what is a bad break or what is a disappointment is really God-ordained. And instead of fighting it, I want to encourage each of us today to stay in peace. That's when you're being refined. That's when God is refining us like pure gold, amen. So realize what's holding you back is coming off when you're on that threshing floor. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's painful. But what's holding you back is coming off. Like that wheat, you're becoming more valuable. Hallelujah. The scripture says, our faith is tried in the fire of affliction. You see, we can't pray away every difficulty. There will be things that will happen to you, things that will happen to me, things that will happen to us all that we don't understand. Amen. And even though it's uncomfortable, if we will just keep the right attitude, we will come out refined. We'll come out stronger. We'll come out separated from whatever is holding us back. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. But saints, let me give a warning here. Warning, warning. A trip to the threshing floor will cost you. It will cost me. It will cost us. But the process of being separated and refined leads to the beautiful. Ooh, hallelujah. Always to the beautiful. You see, God makes you, me, all of us smooth, secure, redeemed, cleansed, shining brightly, beautiful, and mature at the threshing floor. Remember, dear friends, on the threshing floor, the separation of grain from the seeds from the husk of the straw take place. All that takes place. The threshing floor is a place where that separation is carried out. It's a sorting of one thing from another. And to me, it's so interesting that in 1 Chronicles chapter 18, God had instructed David to build the altar at the threshing floor. And David had to, first of all, repent of the sins that he had committed. In verse 17, David says, Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. 
And God instructed David to build the altar on the threshing floor where he would make atonement for the sins that he had committed. It was a separation process. So saints on this communion Sunday, amen, this first Sunday of the month, there are times when we must lay on the threshing floor. We must lay on the threshing floor so God can separate the things from us that are considered chaff. Those husks, those straw, so that only the grain and the seed remain. So spiritually, God is saying to us this day, in these crazy times that we are experiencing, amen, yes, it is time for a change. Things need to be beaten away on God's threshing floor. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The things that cause us to fall easily. You know, friends, I know we're not perfect. But we all should be striving by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, to live upright before God and live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. You know, there are times when God must show us, when God must reveal the things to us that are chaffed in our lives so that we can separate those things from the seeds. Sometimes the threshing floor humbles us. All right. What does humble mean? Humble means to bring yourself down. And 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves before and under the mighty hand of God, that the Lord may exalt you in due time. In due time, God will not exalt us, friends, if there are things in our lives that are holding us back where we need to be. Also, on the threshing floor, pride must be beaten away. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Matthew 18, 4 says, Whoever therefore shall humble themselves as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Spiritually, God is saying, it's time for a change. Things are needed to be beaten away, amen, on God's threshing floor. And some of those, just a few of the things, are our attitudes. We all need to have an attitude check. Lord, shine your heart. We say that every communion Sunday. Shine your light in my heart and show me what is not of you. Lord, and I repent of those things. I want to have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, my Lord, in all that I am, all that I say, and all that I do. Also, something that needs to be beaten away are hard feelings towards someone. And we all need to be doing that reflecting in our lives this first Sunday of the month. Another thing that needs to be beaten out of us on the threshing floor is unforgiveness. The Lord Jesus has told us, forgive others as I have forgiven you. And we need 
revenge in our hearts be beaten out. And sin in general needs to be beaten out of us on the threshing floor. And that is a long list. Amen. Hallelujah. Different for each and all of us. But those things need to be beaten out of us as we lay on the threshing floor. And the good news, hallelujah, hallelujah, after our threshing, amen. First Peter 5 says it lets us know God will be able to exalt us, amen, because our seeds have been separated from the chaff. We are not able to be able to grow into stronger Christ followers than we ever were before. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Our goal should be to change into who and what God is desiring and calling us to be. Our desire should be to always go further in God, amen, and to be better today, spiritually, and stronger in Christ than we were yesterday. So the question for all of us today is what's holding you back? Amen. Go to the threshing floor, praise God, and let the threshing floor separate whatever is holding you back. Amen. So that like wheat, you can become, I can become, we can become more and more and more valuable. Praise your name, Lord. Scripture says, our faith is tried in the fire of affliction. Woo! We can't pray it away. We must go through the fire, amen, so that we can be refined, so that we can be those vessels that God truly can use for God's honor and for God's glory. And we say hallelujah at the end of the threshing floor experience. We are ushered into a place of breakthrough, a place of victory for our lives, amen. The place where you have been being transformed, amen, into that great place of power and authority that the Lord Jesus has already authorized and made way for you. And we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Make it so for each and all of us is our prayer. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory this day and all days yet to come. And it's in your mighty name we all join together to pray. Amen and amen. Let us pray, saints. Gracious God, there will be things that 